Welcome to the Texas Hemp Coalition podcast. I'm your host, Alyssa Nolan, an executive director. And today we have our guest, Dan Burton of Sunhouse Ventures. Dan, how are you doing today? I'm doing awesome. Awesome. And Dan, tell us where you're based out of. Uh, we're based in Center, Colorado. So the uh, South Central Colorado, uh, the San Luis Valley, um, a prominent agriculture region uh, in the state of Colorado. Awesome. So good farming region. And we would love to hear a little bit more about yourself, uh, Sunhouse Ventures, and uh, what got you involved in the hemp and cannabis space. Yeah. So I've been, uh, I've been in the cannabis space for 12 years. Uh, seaside, um, primarily doing operations uh, in cultivation and then moving on up into uh, director of ops type, type of positions. Um, I also do a lot of grow room design and build, greenhouse design, build outs, all that kind of stuff. Uh, about five years ago, I, I have my own personal farm that I started growing uh, high CBD hemp and rode that wave. Uh, and then as I started seeing that market declining some, I got into the more industrial side of things um, due to the fact that I think that it's going to have our, have the biggest, biggest impact on, on our, on our world, you know, and uh, really, uh, really disrupt some, um, you know, mainstream thinking. So, uh, so I've been with Sunhouse now for three years. We're uh, an industrial hemp farm located in center Colorado. Uh, we have about 2,300 acre irrigated acres that we farm and we uh, rotate, rotate our tri-crop SHV-1 um, through, uh, through our system. We also grow potatoes, sorghum, um, and uh, you know, hemp's a great rotator crop for us, and uh, we see we see a lot of benefits from it in our farming practices. Well, I think that's great, and I know that uh, you serve on the executive board for the Texas Hemp Coalition, and you bring a lot of knowledge about the uh, the tri crop. And I think a lot of people in Texas are right now heavily focused on growing for cannabinoids, but we know that this fiber market is is coming in our state. So can you go into a little bit more about what is the tri crop? Um, so uh, specifically, you know, I'm, I'm really shooting to have uh, three, three commodities uh, come out of come out of this one plant. Uh, you know, I have a way to harvest my flower, um, and then uh, I come back through and harvest all my stock. Uh, you know, I think, I think, uh, you know, as breeding and stuff gets a lot better, we'll have a better, you know, uh, you know, herd content in tri crop, and you know, overall, overall, better CBD flower. Um, but then we also get the, uh, seed and grain commodity out of, out of the crop as well. So, um, it really, it really, uh, you know, once you start lining up everything and adding everything up, it really, uh, works for, for your everyday farmer 
due to the fact that you can just use conventional farming techniques. Um, most farmers have the equipment to, to do everything, get it in the ground, um, sitting, out, sitting out in their lots, you know. So you're not having to buy any specialized transplanters for starts or anything like that. You can use a grain drill and, uh, and uh, get it going and plant high density um, plant populations per acre. Uh, then when it comes to, you know, growing it, you know, uh, I, I, I farm with uh, pivot irrigation, but, you know, this plant, um, has some super awesome water savings and water conservation um, aspects to it to where, you know, it doesn't need, need as much water as people would think. So it does good in dry arid regions. Um, and, uh, you know, with a little bit of water or rain, however you get it, you know, it's gonna, it's gonna establish itself and, uh, and uh, grow for you. Um, I also, when it comes to, uh, you know, my fertilizer programs and, and stuff like that, you know, I don't have to go break the bank and, uh, you know, really do some crazy fertilizer program. You know, I keep it real simple, real cheap, you know, so it's a low, low input cost per acre, um, for us. And, you know, com compared to, compared to other crops, it's, you know, right in there or, or cheaper in some, some manners. So, uh, you know, it's, it's definitely a great option uh, if you're trying to um, capture all, all aspects of the market. You know, we always have to diversify and be able to have fiber for sale right grain seed for sale you know having cbd flour uh for sale is is a plus and uh you know just trying to trying to check all the boxes uh i think um i think as i think as the ind industry uh, progresses and matures a little more i think uh our our genetics will will start maturing and getting getting better for you know the guys that are wanting to do like a bigger track crop and uh, you know more industrial side of things um, so uh, uh, definitely uh, you know haven't hit a home run yet but I, I think we're on the right path to to you know position ourselves to provide people with a good track crop genetic um, and uh and, you know, I have a bunch of plots down in Texas and all the farmers down there uh, that are growing the SHV-1 are really excited. And, you know, most of them are six to eight feet tall out in their field and wow, growing great. So um, I try to, uh, I try to, with our, with all of our clients, I try to stay in constant contact with them and, you know, make sure, make sure everything's going okay. And, you know, my phone gets pictures all the time. Hey, is this good? Hey, is, how's this looking? Oh, you're, <laughs> you're on the right track, but just keep it up. Yeah. <laughs> and as wet as this year's been, it's uh, probably good for a lot of y'all guys down there. So definitely. Well, I think that's exciting. A lot of our farmers, you know, they think that, you know, they can only grow for fiber. They can only grow for seeds or they can only grow 
for, um, I think it's like flour or fiber and, and knowing that there's this tri crop that's available out there that people can make, you know, an income for three different portions of the plant, I think is excellent and something that will help, help us out in Texas. And so you're seeing a lot of success with the farmers who are growing it this season. Yeah. Yeah. I have, uh, you know, we basically have like, you know, uh, Texas Panhandle, West Texas, uh, all the way down south in Del Rio, Texas. Um, we have uh, plots uh, around Houston and north of Houston and then all the way out in East Texas as well. Um, and then I have plots in Alabama and Georgia as well that everyone's having having good success you know, varying, varying, uh, uh, terrain, soil content, you know, rain, <laughs> you know, some people are just getting pounded with rain and it's standing and not getting right. swamped out and doing great. And some people are not getting much rain and they're dry land farming it. And, you know, they're still having great success. So overall, overall, all positive marks on, on that, you know, as far as, you know, tri-crop sector in the industry, I think, I think, you know, so many people want you to grow just for CBD and, you know, or just for fiber. And, you know, there's a lot of truths to both of them and a lot of benefits to both of them. I think as a farmer, you have to sit down and pencil out really what you want to do and, and plan and not just like wing it and shoot from the hip, you know, and say, Hey, if I'm going to focus on CBD, well, this is what you, this is how you need to do it. And it's going to be a different method. You're going to have to, you know, retool or get, get some equipment that you might not have and build some infrastructure in if you're wanting to get into the smokable right. stuff. So you got to think about all those costs associated to, and just operational, how you're going to run that stuff. Um, and then, you know, industrial guys, it's, you know, it's the same thing, you know, how are you going to get that industrial crop out? And, um, you know, that's my biggest thing that I tell every farmer that I talk to, no matter where they are, is let's go over your plan. You know? Yeah. <laughs> and I don't care. I don't care if it's on the back of a napkin in a notebook in a Google sheets or an Excel sheet, but I want to go over it and make sure you, you got your ducks in a row. So, you know, you know, if I'm, if I'm able to help you out and, you know, close the gap anywhere, I want to, I want to help because, you know, that's, that's what it's for. All of us need to be successful and for us to be successful is we need to, we need to, you know, share our knowledge and share our, share our successes and share our failures. I mean, I've, I've grown annually over 1200 acres of hemp a year for the past four years now. And I have messed up so many times <laughs> and <laughs> broken so much stuff that you start to figure it out and you start to farmerize your equipment to, you know, handle this plant because it's super tough and you know it's uh it's definitely a, a, a and you know something that i see uh, going into the future you know you know being a major disruptor in our conventional ag space 
Oh, yeah. I think that it's great. And it's something that we can see Texas kind of moving towards because there there are those three different incomes. And I can remember hearing about it years ago. And, I, and I'm so excited that individuals in Texas are starting to grow it because it, I just think that it. you're right. It's going to be a disruptor. So so what are you seeing, you know, from you being in Colorado growing there so many thousands of acres? And we're Texas, you know, we're just beginning. What are you seeing or what's some advice that you can give to our farmers who are kind of starting this journey to kind of be where you guys are in Colorado right now? Well, I touched on it. My number one point would be, you know, planning out, planning out your season. Uh, well, advance, you know, see what you got, see what you need, you know, connecting all those dots. And, uh, you know, that's, that's step one, you know, before we even sink a plow into the field, you want to make sure you got a good game plan. Um, secondly is secondly is getting all your soil samples taken and seeing where you're at, you know, in your, your soil. And that, that will help map out your nutrient regimen for the year, you know, um, third is seed selection. Um, that's where, that's where you need to find a reputable seed dealers, someone that breeding the seed, you know, there's a lot of, there's a lot of, uh, you know, monkey business going on in mm-hmm. that. that Bad in actors. That. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, you know, uh, doing your due diligence on, on the people that you're buying your seat, you know, somebody, you know, you know, someone that, yeah, come out to my farm, come see what I'm doing, you know, come see this plant growing. Here's historical data of what we've done in the past. You know, um, here's, here's all of our compliance stuff, registration, um, compliance testing, you know, all that kind of stuff, you know, make sure, make sure they have all their ducks in the row before you move forward with them. Um, even if it seems like a, a, a can't beat deal, you know, take that time to do your due diligence. Um, cause end of the day, you know, your success starts with, with your seed, you know, and, uh, any good farmer can fail with bad seed. So, I think that's great advice. And, and I think something uh, we had talked to agrarian supply who, you know, are consultants and, and they had mentioned one thing that they thought was crazy was that a lot of our farmers in Texas didn't necessarily have an end buyer. So right. obviously yeah. you've been farming for a while. What are your thoughts on finding those end buyers? You know, if you would have talked to me two years ago, I would have told you, oh, we'll just figure it out. <laughs> you know, we'll, right. You know, if, if you build it, they will come. But, uh, you know, these days, now that now that the market's, um, you know, a lot more competitive and, you know, such a roller coaster and price point for per percent and per pound, um, you know, building a relationship with an extraction lab, you know, someone that, you know, Hey, I can send X amount of pounds, uh, to this place and getting a letter of intent or some type of futures contract in place. Um, really, really, uh, you know, can give, give that farmer, uh, uh, you know, at least a 
five minutes of sleep that night. You know? Right. Um, well, they have but, somewhere to take their product, which is most yeah. important. Yeah. And I think, I think it's also, you know, on the extraction labs to start, you know, doing that type of stuff. You know, we're all, we're all a big network and we're all in hemp together. And, you know, you know, personally, I believe that an extraction lab is, you know, the farmer's best friend, you know? So, you know, those guys that are running extraction facilities, uh, you know, want to want your product, but they also want long-term relationships uh, that they can, they can build on and, and do your thing. And, you know, I know the, I know there's no telling how many breakdowns of how product, you know, they're either buying it, buying it straight out or they're tolling or they're doing splits and all that kind of stuff. And that's where, that's where you got to really sit down with that extraction guy and hash out and pencil it all in. So you can see where you're going to sit with them. And, you know, they have, they have certain, certain amount of, money that they're going to be putting into that product as well. So understanding that and being able to come to a happy medium um, is key. And, you know, usually having high quality, large volume of any of the commodities uh, positions yourself um, pretty well. You know, if, if people know, well, I can, I can get everything I might need from two farms there's more likelihood of them working with you, uh, you know, year after year. Right. Um, and that goes for every grain, flour, and, you know, um, I know fibers, fibers starting to get, get hot and that market's picking up big time. And there's a lot of technology starting to enter the U S space where it's been in either China or, Europe and stuff and Canada and all that stuff starting to show up, you know, at our doorsteps, whether it's in Colorado or Texas and, you know, those guys are, those guys are going to need product. They're going to need, need, they need farmers no matter what, you know, um, end of the day, someone's got to grow it and, and put, put their hands on it and make it happen for them. Um, so they can, they can do what they need to do with it and get it to, get it to, you know, retail ready and get it to the, um, you know, it's going to be a big thing. Oh yeah, I think so. And, and what, you know, we talk about these, you know, other markets that are coming into the United States, obviously they find the United States very attractive. And I've seen and heard of um, Texas farmers that are getting contacted by people from, you know, Korea, China, uh, elsewhere. In Texas, we're seeing these huge windmills going up in central Mm -hmm. Texas that are owned by Chinese companies. So you know, what advice would you give our farmers and how should they deal with these guys coming in from out of the country to know first, number one, if they're legitimate, number two, if they can actually sell their product to them? You know, that's where, you know, I, uh, it's all talk until it gets put on paper and we're able to, we're able to set up a real phone call and be able to, you know, due to the pandemic, we're doing it over zoom, but you know, 
personally, I'd rather be able to shake your hand and look you in the eye and talk about what you're wanting to do. But, uh, you know, um, it's all about due diligence because there are, I, I mean, you know, since in Colorado, all of my information's, you know, from my registrations publicly available, you know, I get phone calls daily, you know, from everywhere from Asia, Australia, Canada, Mexico, South America, Africa, you know, everybody's trying to get into hemp and, um, you know, or they're already in hemp and they're coming in wanting to set up shop, um, you know, with American farmers and, you know, wanting to know your infrastructure, all that kind of stuff. And what do you got and how can they add on to it? So, um, you know, my biggest advice is just, you know, uh, you know, take a breath and pause, (laughs) you know, and don't jump, jump into anything, uh, that you haven't done your due diligence. And, you know, that's why, that's why it's my number one advice to anyone wanting to farm is, you know, do your due diligence. There's, there's plenty of ways to, you know, check out these, businesses you can google them you can call them yourself make sure they're real you know make sure what they're doing is real a lot of people love to take photos of another another company Mm -hmm. throw them them on their website you know so I love just like calling them back and asking them questions and you know and trying to set up trying to set up a you know a, a, a business meeting with them to where me and my team can sit there and, you know, listen to their pitch, grill them, you know, where we can, you know, and try to, try to just make sure everything's lined up. And then, you know, uh, you know, trying to build relationships locally as well. You know, Um, we, we're starting to see in America, like the access to some of this stuff is, you know, um, starting to get a lot easier. Whereas five, seven years ago, no one knew anything about a hemp harvester, anything about how to bust a bale and get herd out of it or anything about, you know, separating seed, you know, hemp seed, you know. So now there's American companies that are coming out that have specialized product and, you know, end of the day, that's, that's who I'm going to probably go with, <laughs> you know, someone, someone, like someone I can pull up, pull up and go see their shop and talk to their, talk to their fab shop guys and, you know, asking questions because I've done it, done enough acreage that, you know, I've seen a bunch of, bunch of stuff and Hey, how are you going to handle <laughs> surges of this product? Right. Hit, is it going to make it, you know? I don't know if this is strong enough to, I think we're going to wear out these bearings, you know, stuff like that. Uh, you know, that's what, those are questions the farmer needs to know because end of the day, this plan is super tough. The fibers are really tough and that's the benefit of it. But when it comes to, you know, all your mechanical moving parts for, um, from harvest, post-harvest processing, um, all the way to, to a consumer, 
you know, that, that fiber is gonna, gonna eat it up, you know, eventually. So, right. um, but yeah, due diligence, due diligence and more due diligence. <laughs> really, <laughs> really know. double check everything, what, who you're dealing with. So on and so forth is basically what you're saying. Yeah. <laughs> I get yeah. it. Well, yeah. If you can, if, you know, one of my, my, one of my questions I always ask, well, where is it operating? Do you have something running? You know, are you running product right now? And, you know, if it's, if it's reasonably, you know, close and I can get in a plane and go check it out, I'm going to go check it out, you know, and I want to, I want them to give me a full tour. And, uh, you know, I just want to know, you know, whether or not I do business with them, you know, right. uh, But, but, you know, that's, that's the biggest thing. Um, and I think we can, from this conversation is that anybody that's listening to this, who is thinking about getting into the hemp industry, whether it's growing in a retail space, uh, you're a manufacturer, your processor, don't trust blindly is basically what you're saying. I mean, you've been growing this plant for a while. You've kind of seen everything and now you're growing 12,000 acres. Um, and y'all are vertically integrated as well. So it's not trusting blindly and really doing your due diligence to ask about the seeds. What are the germination rates? You know, you know, what is the historical background? Who are you dealing with? Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, and then it's up to that guy that has that seed to have that readily available, you know, to people that want to buy a seed from me. I have a dry, I have a dry folder that I can share with them or, you know, a, a big, a big media package digitally that I can just email it over to you and you can see everything starting in, you know, 2018 all the way to what we have currently, you know, it's uh, updated all the time and it has everything from CBD content, you know, fiber, fiber numbers, grain numbers, seed germination rates, you know, phytosanitation stuff, everything that you possibly need and all the regulatory stuff you need, um, all, all in that. And, you know, that's, you know, reputable, reputable, um, seed guys are, will have all of that, you know? Yeah. Uh, And, uh, there's a bunch of really good, really good breeders out there and people making really awesome, awesome genetics, you know? So, you know, Hopefully you steer towards those guys when you're wanting to wanting to do your seed purchase. Right. So what are some things that you see kind of coming down the pipeline in the future for our industry or what things that you hope to see? Um, I see the, uh, I see the, uh, the, you know, hemp as a building product, um, whether it's, whether it's blocks or, um, you know, uh, 3d printings, you know, micronized stuff. Uh, you know, I think, I think using it in textiles, you know, building and textile stuff. I, I see that really, um, increasing. Um, you know, I know there, there's a lot of work and I'm doing a lot of work, uh, with, uh, Sunhouse Ventures in the animal feed space. Um, so yes, I'd love to hear more about animal feed. Yeah. So, uh, you know, 
I started just feeding hemp to my like cows, you know, on the farm, just, just because it was, you know, just a, some of it was a waste material and they would eat that stuff to the ground. And, you know, we started doing nutritional value testing and seeing, seeing the fat content and that, and that feed was, you know, higher than my, you know, dry distillers grain cube and stuff. And, you know, we started working, uh, uh, with a company that makes, you know, um, exotic game feeds, cattle cubes, stuff like that and developing a, uh, hemp derived, uh, um, cube for cattle for, you know, uh, especially one for equine and then one for exotic game. Um, so, um, you know, we've, that's just in, it's about two years into R and D right now. Um, you know, really a big thing holding that, that side of the industry up is regular regulation. Right. Um, and the, uh, you know, FDA and all that and how they, how they view all that stuff. So, you know, if you get the opportunity to, you know, talk to your state representatives and stuff, you know, that's when it's, you know, something to really plug because that animal feed, we found like low potency flour, you know, seed, seed and grain, um, actually make a really good, really good feed content, you know? So, um, so there's, there's, there's a, there's a way to utilize, all genetics, all, all plant types, you know, and uh, all parts of them as well. And uh, I think, I think the animal feed sector is, uh, you know, a big playing field and, you know, there's no reason why hemp shouldn't have a piece of that pie either. You know? I think we agree as Texans, it's, you know, we're ready for that to happen. And it's unfortunate that, you know, our hands are tied due to a federal issue with the FDA. And that's mm-hmm. what we keep trying to tell people down here is, you know, it was actually in our uh, original bill that we passed. Um, yeah. We wanted, you know, animal feed for human consumption to be used. But, you know, the, the state chemist office said, oh, I'm so sorry, it's going to have to be federally legal before we can, you know, do anything about it. So we actually had language in our bill that was put in as an amendment the very last week of session. And it was one of those, it was just really unfortunate. So that's something that obviously we are, we are all talking about as the Texas Hemp Coalition with obviously your expertise in trying to move these issues forward because Texas is, I mean, cattle is king, just like cotton is king in Texas, cattle is king. And yeah. um, our livestock industry and also our wildlife industry is massive. So this could be a huge market. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I wholeheartedly believe that, you know, and, uh, you know, Sunhouse Ventures, you know, our ownership and most of our most of our principal partners, they're all Austin, Austin, Texas based. So, you know, we've been playing around in Colorado just due to regulatory, um, freedoms. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you know, we're, we're also, we're also looking into Texas as well. And, and we share those same thoughts, you know, um, with, with y'all down there. And, uh, you know, there's, there's no reason, there's no reason Texas can't be a champion in the hemp industry. Um, you know, 
coming in when they are. There's so much ag down there, so much potential, so much, you know, manufacturing infrastructure already in place, you know, whether it's, whether it's for animal feed or, you know, industrial uses, you know, there's tons of manufacturing already sitting there making something else, <laughs> you know, right. that, that we sub some hemp in on, <laughs> on, on whatever shift you need to and, and make it happen. So, um, Definitely. it's really a no, it's really a no brainer for, you know, our leadership and our company to, you know, not pursue Texas as well. Um, so I've been spending a lot of time, a lot of time down there talking with these farmers that are doing, growing our genetics down there. And we're, we have, uh, we have, uh, several feedlots that we're associated with, um, that, uh, you know, we're doing some, doing some testing and, you know, just seeing, seeing if we can put the weight on them and doing some silage testing with it, with green cutting it as well. So, um, definitely interesting and exciting stuff in that, in that sector. Um, you know, I think hemp building, uh, is going to be uh, a hot sector as well. Um, just due to the fact that, you know, you can, there's, there's, it's just kind of a no brainer that we can use that herd, herd and fiber for insulation and all that kind of stuff. And, you know, get, move away from, move away from wood and deforestation and all that kind of stuff when we, we can grow an annual plant. So, you know, um, I think that's going to be really good, you know, on the, on the CBD side of things, I think, <clears throat> I think pet products are really, are, are really big right now. Um, gummies for human consumption. So like, it's, it's crazy. <laughs> Everybody wants a gummy. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I am so, one of those people, so I, yeah, I swear by them. Yeah, same here. You know, um, uh, so you know that's what I'm seeing on like the CBD retail side of things, and talking with like our our labs and stuff, and what products they're they're pushing out. It's you know a lot of gummies, a lot of you know um, you know soluble stuff that you can throw in, throw into your, throw into your water bottle or mm-hmm. throw into your, throw into your, uh, you know, smoothie in the morning or, or pre or post-workout right. stuff. And, uh, you Basically know, and I, the, the opportunities are endless with this plant. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's pretty, it's pretty awesome, you know, and, uh, it's, it's no wonder they've kept it under, under, you know, illegal, illegal notes. Cause they don't, want, <laughs> they don't, right. don't, don't want to unleash it, but it's, it's, uh, it's bound to happen sooner or later. So you might as well let it happen. <laughs> I, I completely agree. Well, Dan, we are so honored to have you as a guest today and on our board as well. You bring such knowledge of this plant and, and everything having to deal with all aspects of the industry. So, um, if people are interested in, Sunhouse or this wonderful tri crop. How do they get in touch with you? How can they find y'all? Um, you know, the best bet is uh, shoot me an email uh, okay. at uh, dburton at sun dot house. Um, on there, um, and you know, feel free to ask me questions. I, 
you know, I'm, I, I'm a busy man, but, uh, you know, I, I check my emails daily and, you know, I try to get back to everybody and I want, I want to spread as much knowledge as possible and make sure everyone's starting on the right foot. Because as long as, as long as we're all collectively successful, you know, that's what, that's really going to be the driver of this industry and, uh, you know, keep it, keep it moving forward. We agree. And everyone, again, it's uh, D Burton at sun.house is his email. He is wonderful. We have connected a lot of farmers in the state of Texas with Dan. Dan is the man when it comes to the tri crop and, uh, you know, thank you so much for all of your information today. And uh, we hope to hear from some more guests soon. And, and we hope that people reach out to you that are interested in growing the tri crop. Yeah, for sure. And uh, I'm more than happy to jump on anytime. So we need some time, slots filled. Yeah. <laughs> Will do. All right. Thanks so much. Thank you.